Hello, my name is Eva, and today I invite you to hear the story of Margaret, an ordinary medieval girl with extraordinary pursuits. Her brother, Thomas, who would write her biography, described her as a pious, dutiful woman. And that may well be true, but I have always thought of Margaret as first and foremost an adventurer who set out to see the wonders of her time and would let neither danger, war, or capture stand in her way of walking from England and out into the world. This is the story of Margaret of Beverly. Margaret's date of birth is unknown, but the historian Christoph Meyer, amongst others, puts her birth around 1150. She was the second child and only daughter of a pious English couple, Sybil and Hulno, who are said to be of common stock, which simply means that they were not landholders or nobles. Sybil and Hulno's eldest child died in infancy, and at some point thereafter, they undertook a journey to Jerusalem. They went on pilgrimage. It is unknown why Margaret's parents undertook their journey at that particular time. There had not recently been a call for a crusade, so their reasons must have been of a private nature. The couple travelled simply and on foot for most of the way, and Sybil must have been heavily pregnant by the time they entered Jerusalem, for it was as they reached that ancient city that Margaret was born. Sybil and Hulno decided to return to England shortly after Margaret's birth, and one can only imagine the hardships of travelling with a baby and only one mule as means of transport. One harrowing story told through Margaret's perspective tells of a dangerous encounter along the way. One day, when we were crossing fertile land, a wolf left his carnage and came at us. My father, seeing him advance on us, full of concern for his child, took to using force and guile. He tore off a tree branch, which he dragged behind him. Whenever the wolf would come near, my father would shake his branch and the animal slunk away without harming any of us. Despite danger and a long travel, Sybil and Hulno reached England with the baby Margaret and settled in Beverley, a market town in Yorkshire in the northeast England. Eleven years after Margaret's birth, the couple welcomed another child, Thomas, Margaret's eventual biographer. However, Sybil and Hulno died shortly after Thomas's birth, and no record has survived as to the course of their deaths. It was left to 11-year-old Margaret to raise her brother, and this she did diligently, feeding him, sewing his clothes, and later walking him to and from school and thereby ensuring his education. 
it is unknown from whence these two small children got means to survive in those years. But survive they did, and Thomas acquitted himself well enough to enter the service of the Archbishop of Canterbury, a man who would later become a saint, known as St. Thomas Becket, and whose tomb in Canterbury would itself become a great pilgrimage destination. In the 1180s, Margaret, having done her duty by her brother, decided it was time for her own adventure. She decided to go on a pilgrimage to the place of her birth, Jerusalem. Women going on pilgrimages was not unheard of. Helena, Constantine the Great's mother, famously traveled to Jerusalem in 326, and Queen Isabel of Portugal undertook the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela in the 13th century. But they were women of wealth and nobility who could afford to travel with protection, caravans, and every luxury possible. For an ordinary woman like Margaret, pilgrimage was done on foot, crossing mountains, rivers, forests, and hoping that no predators, human or otherwise, were lurking on the tracks, roads, and paths to the Holy Land. That was the wish, but few pilgrims got to their destinations without being threatened or harassed in some way. For this reason, people traveled in groups for the safety that this afforded. And so it was with Margaret, who must have traveled with a small group of like-minded pilgrims who set out on their own. According to her brother Thomas, Margaret took the cross, that is to say, a crusader's vow. But there were no calls for a crusade at that time, though some historians have speculated that Margaret might have traveled with crusader knights going to Jerusalem as part of the defense of the Latin kingdom of Jerusalem. Nothing is known about her adventures on the way to Jerusalem, but what we do know is that her timing was incredibly unlucky, for she entered Jerusalem in the latter part of 1187, and she was there when Saladin besieged the city in September of that year. In that first-person biography that Thomas wrote, Margaret recounts, During this siege, which lasted fifteen days, I carried out all of the functions of a soldier that I could. I wore a breastplate like a man. I came and went on the ramparts with a cauldron on my head for a helmet. Though a woman, I seemed a warrior. I threw the weapon. Though filled with fear, I learned to conceal my weakness. If courage is indeed not the absence of fear, but action in the face of fear, then Margaret can only be described as very courageous. But, as I said in the beginning, I believe her to be a person bitten by the bug of adventure. To set out from Yorkshire to Jerusalem 
then find herself in the midst of a siege, and then take on the mantle of a fighter, to see all, be all, be there, and do. Despite fear, that is truly an adventurer. Margaret was wounded in the line of duty, too. She was hit by a fragment of a stone launched from a siege engine. Bloodied and dazed, quick medical aid helped her survive, though she was left with a scar. To the shock of the Christian world, the gates of Jerusalem were opened to Saladin, and the city fell to his forces. The wealthier citizens were seized, and many of them ransomed. Ordinary Christians could also pay their way out. The price was four dinars. It was a price Margaret managed to pay, and with a small group of other freed citizens, she left Jerusalem and headed for what was called Lachis, which was possibly Latakia in Syria, where this small group believed they would be safe. But if history has taught us anything at all, it is that periods of transition always spell danger. And so it was for Margaret and her companions, who had hardly walked out of the shadow of the great gates of Jerusalem before they were captured and enslaved by traders. For several months, Margaret toiled in the burning heat, gathering stones and chopping wood. When she tried to resist, she was beaten with a rod. As she describes, My chains rusted from my tears. The work and the slender diet tired my limbs. The long days were boiling hot and rest was rare and brief. Among the enslaved was a priest who kept their spirits going for all those months. In her biography, her brother Thomas writes that she was enslaved for 15 months. However, this does not tally with other dates in her adventure in the Levant, so it was likely far fewer, but still her harrowing months for her. Whatever the length of her captivity, Margaret did not give up. Her faith in a happier fate was finally rewarded when a Christian merchant from Tyre bought her freedom as well as her companions on the occasion of the birth of the merchant's longed-for son. The day which ended the term of my sorrows was a day I'll not forget. Margaret continued on her journey, but her trials were far from over, and her captivity had marked her. I drew apart, avoiding the towns and public places. In the fear of being captured, I walked always in hiding. I was garbed only in a sack that I had worn when captive. It was short and light, without colour or warmth, it scarcely covered my nudity. All I had left was a psalter. It was my one companion in the midst of this wilderness. It was all that I possessed. I find this so very moving. Any one of us who sets out on an adventure does so in expectation of the marvels we hope to see. 
not for the hardships that then might be inflicted upon us. Margaret's destination was Antioch, a crusader city she had vowed to visit to give thanks at the tomb of the martyr, Margaret of Antioch. But though Margaret had won her freedom, she was penniless, and her journey to Antioch was delayed as she had to work as a washerwoman for several months along the way. Resuming her journey, she travelled under the scorching sun in the desert and walked through dark forests until she reached Antioch in the summer of 1188. Here at last she could be amongst allies. But once again, her timing was incredibly unlucky. For while she enjoyed a well-earned rest in the city, Antioch came under attack from Salahadin's forces. Margaret once again participated in the defense of a city, but this time she found herself on the winning side. Though her brother barely mentions it in the biography, it is supposed from other records that Margaret participated in the plundering of the corpses of the enemy, and this would come back to haunt her. Next time, from Antioch to France, by way of Rome and near execution. I hope you liked this first part of the adventurous life of Margaret of Beverly. Until next time, I have been Eva, and thanks so much for listening.